Hey, y'all, if you're enjoying this podcast, take two seconds, send it to five friends. Um, Some of the top episodes would be the self-confidence, masculinity, and the Byron Rogers podcast if you want to send uh, some of the top ones to them. Otherwise, just take 30 seconds and review it on whatever podcast uh, application you use, whether it be Spotify, YouTube, Google, iTunes, Amazon, any of them. Thank you. Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws, well, they both look pretty badass and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge when you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees look at assaultlimited.com also sponsoring today's podcast is urban savage urbnsvg.com the best quality apparel available american made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best kit secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3EQUIP.com. A3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion, a lip balm, a hair conditioner, honestly, anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3equip.com all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about talking about talking about get squared away spiritual get squared away emotional get squared away mental get squared away physical the podcast that'll help you get squared away oh i'm already recording okay authenticity of of course i want to talk about some shit that your brother sent you does it have anything to do with china getting ready to attack anybody that's coming towards taiwan yeah it's um well it's already been happening so but the news isn't reporting it. Basically, other than he said, the Democratic Party are really the scums of the universe. Um, our Democratic Party or their Democratic Party? Uh, our Democratic Party is, has been there since the riots from uh, in Hong Kong. Oh, really? <clears throat> They've been in, there in person, yeah. Yeah, they're orchestrating some international BS. Oh, what did he say? The... Um, Right now, the China is uh, surrounded Taiwan. Um, they got missiles basically all set, pointed at the, all aimed at around 100 kilometers away from Taiwan's coastline. Taiwan is surrounded by a Chinese army, and this will carry on for at least three days. U.S. News won't report this extensively, no matter what, because they have to back up Pelosi and the U.S. government. We're worried that China's going to attack Taiwan and cause even more instability in the area. We all know the U.S. won't send troops to fight with China, but instead selling weapons to Taiwan like they do for Ukraine. And for sure, all kinds of sanctions will be posed, imposed on China and Hong Kong by U.S. and U.K. So it's reasonable if China attacks Taiwan. Yeah, I mean, that's basically, that's basically the final test of american democracy as far as the world goes i mean if we don't step up then our word is basically shit for the rest of the world it could i mean that really could be the final the final straw of america's superpower in the world is if they if they do test our ability or our, our 
interest in following through. Yeah. I mean, but we haven't in our, how quickly we've eroded since Afghanistan is. Well, I mean, even this whole Pelosi thing, um, she's there on personal. They're basically to protect her investment. Yeah. But what, but when China steps in and says, you know, in whatever weird way that they say it, because they speak like they're speaking from a ancient war Bible. He who steps on the fire will get burned or whatever the fuck the weird <laughs> shit they say. But uh, when they say that and she decides that she's going to go, right? Because whether it's for personal reasons or because she understands what we understand, that you can't pack down to a bully, right? Um, but you have the White House that is urging, what are they, urging second thoughts or urging you know some hesitancy upon going and right there it's like are you fucking serious yeah but she has stock in a lot of these businesses that have uh the corporate centers in uh, taiwan china's ramped up its military drills in taiwan waters and announced sanctions against the u.s speaker pelosi as tensions build between beijing and washington so yeah no you're right i mean if you look at this map on uh, Sky News, you've got Chinese military exercises on the southwest. You've got south, you've got east, you've got northeast, northwest, and then a little bit on the west between China and Taiwan. I mean, you've got, he's not joking. They've literally got it just about surrounded. Yeah. With quote unquote military exercises, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she needs to be careful. I mean, she's got to think about it. Just like uh, the company I work for, headquarters in Taiwan, but you're dependent on all the parts that come from China that go into assembly in Vietnam. That's why a lot of stuff you buy, the assembly is always done in Vietnam or made in Vietnam, they're saying. But the parts originally all come from China. And what they're predicting now that even I got to watch out for is that, oh shit, now there's a shortage of in quotes shortage of parts coming from china aimed at the end of august because of all the shit that's going on so um that's going to affect everybody everything that you see here so wait you mean that we don't produce stuff here anymore <laughs> that's weird i never even <laughs> we, know we uh I produce even, affordable stuff here i never would even yeah but so the funny thing is is why is it affordable what's that why is it affordable Oh, it's affordable if it's manufactured yeah, in China why? because, yeah, basically, it's what we want here. Every It's the universal basic income. We want the government to tell us when to work, how much we're going to get paid, right? I mean, it's so it's it's affordable. And this is the funniest thing. Like, everybody, and I'm just as much of a fucking hypocrite of it because I buy this shit too, right? Um, but you it's like, it. you can't help it. But it's like, okay, so. This thing is more affordable than something that's made in the United States because, one, there's no environmental controls. They can do yeah. whatever they want. They don't have to deal with environmental waste in a, you know, an expensive way, right? Yeah. And then the people that they're paying to produce this stuff, they're paying, you know, pennies on the dollar. Yeah, the, quote, equity, the inequity yeah. of income. Uh, yeah. And then there's they're shipping it absolute cheapest way possible. And then... Our companies are like, yeah, look at this. We can make a nice little profit here. Yeah. Right. But it comes down to consumer. Consumer also wants to pay X per product. Well, but it, it's completely parallel to all these environmentalists that, you know, are sitting there squawking or all the climate change people that are like, oh, we got to do something about climate change here in the U.S. Well, guess what? The perpetrators are not mainly in the U.S. No, we're like like 10% or 8% less percent. Yeah. It's something, you know, it's, it's an insanely small percent. I think like 50% is but, China yeah. and the surrounding areas in our development of technology has always put a good trend line to say, Hey, we're doing, we've done a lot in the last five years, 10 years, 15, 20 years, uh, making a huge dent in, you know, being environmentally responsible. But guess what? Overseas where we get all of our manufactured stuff, they don't care. So There's, how much of that dent, how much that dent isn't actually from us creating less waste. It's from us transferring the production of products that we're going to buy here to another country. And then yeah, the waste it's, it's being a, it's created a good chunk there. of it, but our the way and, and we, technologically we have advanced a yeah. lot, but I just mean like there's a good portion of that where we're creating less waste simply because we're making, you know, we're making someone else make the shit. Oh, exactly. Well, it goes to oil. 
we could produce oil 10 times cleaner here in the US, but you know, we want to be environmentally responsible. So we're going to buy shit oil. that's <laughs> destroying the environment overseas. But that's, that's the mindset of these, you know, climate change people is, Oh, it's out of sight, out of mind. If it doesn't happen here, then somehow magically it doesn't affect the, the rest of the whole earth. Like these giant solar farms. Have you seen these things? Have oh, you seen one of these there's yet? There's so much going around. No, I haven't seen them. So you, you can, you've seen the one by the airport here, right? The little oh, one. Oh, yeah. So yep. imagine that, but 60, 100, 150 acres. Like they're taking these, you know, great farmland and they're paying these farmers three times what they could get for crop rent. And they're basically cementing the whole fucking thing and putting in these poles and then solar panels. And it, it's just going to be rolling hills of solar panels. Yeah. And that's that. That's great. Where are these solar panels coming from? How much waste is being created in the solar panels? Yeah. And what's like, the long term? Yeah. Long term, it's going to look like uh, like talk about the last one uh, that movie Wally. Yeah. You know, everything's going to be a freaking landfill, dude. You're gonna have you're gonna have a, a portion of our population that is like they're the city, the city folk, right? The city dwellers, and they're going to be like all digital, and they're going to have their they're going to be like ants working in an in an, in an ant farm. Or, a, or an anthill, right? And they're all just going to be dee, 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 dee on their way. They're going to be blinded like like Wally, and they're going to be working, and then they're going to be eating the food that the government gives them, and then they're going to go back to their government-supplied apartments, and then you're going to have, like, the rest of us that are, like, the country folk, and we're just going gonna to be fucking, like, running and jumping from drones, trying to fucking shoot them out of the sky just so they don't know <laughs> where we're growing our food, and, like, yeah. Dude, some but science say, fiction dystopia shit. Yeah, as they eliminate all the uh, people on the outside or the, quote, conspiracy theorists and all the people in the interior that they're just building. I mean, our city alone, I mean, every city, small city, quote, small city in the U.S. right now, you're seeing rentals pop up like at a rate that's never seen before. I think one study that I saw was between Milwaukee and La Crosse. That corridor or Chicago and lacrosse, that corridor was going to need like 2,500 apartments every year for the next 10 years. Yeah. Like complexes. Yeah. And everybody's going to look like, I remember we had everybody locked down. Why is that though? Because our population is not increasing. Yeah. But they're moving people out of the uh, rural areas and quote, selling it on, you know, well, part of being climate change responsible is. But they are not like they are not going to rural areas and be like, you need to move. Right. There's no forcing here. This has to be some sort of a this has to be like a, a, a natural progression. Yeah. But coming from the farm community, there's. I mean, on the books, you know, you know, growing up uh, some years on the farm on the books, I mean, you could be making a little over half a million a year. But when it all is said and done, I mean, you're making maybe 30,000 a year. A lot of these farmers are taking and they're taking people. There's people buying up farmland. Yeah, that's so happening. buying up farmland. You know, the solar farms, you're seeing a lot less and less farmers because if I'm a farmer, I'm like, hey, this is my lucrative. This is my way out of beating myself up, making shit and getting my payday and just retiring out of this. You know, I don't blame them, but it's setting things up for where everything you see now is everybody's living on top of the shopping centers, right? And they're selling it by saying, well, we're reducing the carbon footprint. So everybody's just going to live and be able to walk and, you know, do the things they do. You don't have to drive. You don't have to, you know, provide and do all these emissions and all that bullshit. Nobody needs a car. So now that'll justify mass transit, right? It'll turn into Wally where everybody's uh, basically floating around in these overseats and everybody will look like what happened when everybody was locked down, right? Yeah, so it's basically jobs. People are following the jobs because the farm money is going away. The rural, the rural, a lot of the rural money is going away. But jobs and living expense, the like, um, you'll notice a lot of the downtown are these nice apartments that go up. They're subsidized, so there's like one building where all the crime is, like right off of Main Street in our city, that basically it's completely subsidized. Well, guess what? You know, when I talk to the the fire and law enforcement in town here, I mean, there's always problems, you know, and that's all it does is sucking off the government teat to live there, but there's no motivation to get out of that. But guess what? We just talked about the standard of living. Those kind of people obviously are bringing crime. They don't care. 
there's nothing to care about. There's no goals. There's, there's not working for anything. Well, and they're owed, right? Like it's the entitlement that comes oh, yeah. with, with, comes with being a victim. Well, you see that when they try to walk across the street, there's a crosswalk, like, you know, 50 feet away. But guess what? They're entitled to walk across street and you're entitled to just stop your damn car. Oh man, I had this dude yesterday and I was like, you are really, you have a lot of faith in society, right? He's looking at the light, you know, the light that tells you to cross and the crosswalk turned white and he just starts walking. I mean, he didn't even look left. Like we were no, stopped, really? we were stopped, Ooh. but he didn't look left to make sure that there was nobody coming. Yeah, like, man, you got a lot of faith in society to just walk out in front. No, no kidding. Without looking. Um, yeah, so you're right here. Um, military drills across seven zones around the island, more than 100 warplanes and 10 warships in the past two days. Yeah, I mean, they're serious. And Alex Jones has got to pay $45 million to parents from the Sandy Hook. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, Forty-five that's million dollars. Maybe Alex Jones has got a lot more money than I know of. But holy shit! Well, there's. Uh, I think that's going to be helped. Isn't that in Texas? And there's a cap on that. Is there a cap on that? I believe. Not sure what the exact number on the cap is, but I'm pretty sure Texas has a cap. SUV to... drives through New Mexico parade. This is exactly what we're talking about. When people want to do damaging things, they're going to do it no matter what. It doesn't matter what you can make illegal, right? The parade was a part of a celebration to honor Native American and indigenous people. So I wonder who was pissed off at that. Um, right here. Happened Friday, August 5th. Oh, that's an amazing. I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, there's a video. Warning. Video shows distressing footage. Jeez. Oh. I'm still thinking about the Alex Jones thing. Dude, it's a Tahoe. <clears throat> You're going to make a lot of... Oh, yeah, this is on purpose. He's swerving to hit people. Oh, where was that? I'm on Sky News. Holy crap. Damn, Sky News Australia is making a... Dude, Sky News is coming on. They're like, hey, nobody's actually talking about this shit. We'll talk about it and get the views. Yeah, usually I tune in for their... Uh, they've now boosted up to two, three times a week where they got something about the administration. Wow. Yeah, so right there. People want to be people want to be sick and want to be twisted and want to hurt people. They're going to do it. Doesn't really matter what. Doesn't really matter what you make illegal. Spot on, yeah. And then uh, Brittany Griner, nine, nine years, years for pot. But you know we're gonna trade. Uh, are we gonna trade the uh, dealer of death, Russia for? Are we going to? I don't know. I mean, it, it's a weird thing, right? Because like, I mean, she chose she to play there. Broke the law. Yeah, that was there. Does it matter that it's a stupid fucking law? I I don't know. I don't know. But it's the law. I yeah. Mean, when you're in Rome. Yeah. That's a, that's, that's a weird argument, right? Like, and I, I've heard a lot of people talk about this too. Like, how many people do we have sitting in prison because of pot? Right. But. And we're just going to like, we're going to go out of our way to try to get her out. Yeah. I understand that argument. But bottom line is, I mean, I'd like, you know. Some speed limits to be 80, 90 miles an hour, but the law is still the law. So you know that going in. And she knew that because she wanted to play in Russia. So she had been back and forth. So, you know, it's ownership, man. It's on her. So this is an interesting thing. This analysis, right? So this is these are op-ed articles. And these are two people's opinions on Pelosi going to China. One, Pelosi's visit may be unhelpful and unnecessary as China and U.S. seek to avoid war over Taiwan. And then this other one, badly timed visit may have U.S. and China quietly walking into crisis. So hold up. Stop. Wait a minute. Why are both of these opinions have nothing to do with, like, the sword rattling that China is doing? Right? Like, that's okay? Yeah. But are we sword rattling too by her going there? I don't know. Maybe it's uh Are we stepping on toe? You know what you know what I mean? Are we are we being insensitive to world politics by just saying we're a fuck America? We're fuck you. We'll go wherever we want to go. I don't know. I mean, I just I feel like she's got some stocks that or some investments that you know what she needs to go talk to the HQ about and yeah, that's a weird, I don't know, that's a weird thought process because it's like both of those things are 
both of those things are right. Like, yeah, it probably is damaging to U.S. China relations. You're probably yeah. right. But if I tell you, if I draw a line in the sand and I'm like, you come across this land, I'm going to fucking kill you. And you go across the line and I kill you. Like, I'm still at fault for doing it, even though you're the one that crossed the line. I still did it. Yeah. But let me be Nostradamus here. Is that Nostradamus. Cool? Give me some Nostradamus. Well, when, when this is all said and done, it's going to show and the news won't report it is that. She is taking her own personal self-interest above the country. Oh, wait. If you, if you haven't seen that already from her, then guess what? You know what? You're a fucking tool. So, I mean, this is a distraction also from her husband. Uh, <laughs> you've seen how that unfolded, right? Yeah. With the investments? Investments, the drugs. Oh, yeah. The, the drunk, drunk driving, driving that he caught and. All that's wrapped around that whole stupid ass case that they've been, you know, they have they've been under reporting. It's like this is normal. This is what happens with a lot of those folks on Capitol Hill from both sides. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest, I mean, there's uh, literally a handful count of people from the right side and majority the left side. Unfortunately, it is what it is. It's a fact. I'm not siding with anybody. This is what it is, and it's a pretty pretty shitty so if you ever gosh i don't know i don't know how you tell people to dig into it or find some people that you know that have worked in the state department we need my neural link that we yeah my neural link that we talked about a few episodes ago where it calls bullshit on you when you're lying oh yeah we need that strapped to those uh, politicians <laughs> yep until a, Neuralink happens just a big red light on their forehead that's like liar bah, liar oh, yeah. But if there's ever a chance, I mean, that's a, uh, I mean, maybe we got to get uh, some of the retired State Department. I don't even know if they can even talk on the podcast. They probably wouldn't be able to. Oh, they probably could email. They probably could email reply to questions without a or, name or you do, know, the, anonymous. do the voice. Well, they could probably anonymously reply to a question and we could get it and we could follow up with it. But yeah, it's not a bad idea. We'll do an episode where. Yeah, you know. we ask a bunch of questions and they reply to them anonymously and then we can kind of go through it here. Yeah, because I just want people to see because, you know, when you listen to the everyday folks that maybe are not even paying attention or like a lot of folks like I don't follow the news or I don't follow politics. Well, guess what? You know, this shit happens and it rolls downhill. Yeah. And this snowball effect affects us all. If you can't feel it right now, I mean, if you're not feeling inflation and you're not understanding what a recession is. Then guess what, dude? You got to be living in a recession. Oh yeah, they redefined it. We redefined recession. What, so this is another not a third a quarter or a fourth quarter. They're going to keep pushing and amending that out of yeah, shitty duh. GDP. Yeah. I so I'm. Do you see Google announced this week that they are not Google? Google didn't announce. Google's maybe COO or CEO announced that their production to the amount of people that they have working is awful nearly embarrassing like their productivity level of their staff with the amount of people that they have working and the amount of hours that they are paying their productivity is nowhere near where it should be oh what's the google metrics of uh, productivity what are they measuring i don't know what their metrics are but it makes sense you've got so many people working from home you've got so many people distracted right like how many people I mean, I know you don't work from the office a lot, but do you see how how like how distracted people are in everyday life? Yeah, it's it's people a discipline. Are just distracted. Yeah, a lot of people, and that's where I found it too. Is when you know we're hiring for my team. It's um, a lot of people want to work from home, but they want to work from home for all the wrong reasons. It's supposed to be a flexibility, not an entitlement for you to fuck off for you know half the day. Yeah, so. Yeah, there's there's a lot of I mean, Microsoft Teams now has upgraded and gotten better where, you know, if I go and take a shit during the day then all of a sudden my status goes yellow automatically, I'm like, oh, shit, you know? Yeah. And people can see, oh, last on at, you know, 845 in the morning. Yeah. And now it subconsciously is like, well, I don't want to look like I'm like fucking off for two hours. Yeah. But, you know, um, but I'll. I'll tell the group or like, you know, another one of the leadership uh, dudes it's like, hey, I'm going to take advantage and mow my lawn for the next hour. You know, there's a little more accountability now with the the way that Microsoft is structured. So you probably just got to make a little mouse mover and you'd be fine. 
What's that? You probably just got to make like an automatic mouse mover and you'll be fine. <laughs> That's probably what it goes off of. Yeah, it literally, it, it goes off the activity on your uh, yeah computer. So yeah. you literally have to move around or click on the, the Teams app. So even if I'm like in my email and if I'm like reading a long email or composing a long email, all of a sudden that thing will go fucking yellow. And I'm like, dude, oh. you just leave it in your Teams app and then you have this little like click, remote control click, mouse click. thing that's just like cheer, cheer, cheer. Yeah. I got You're like good. C3PO sitting there clicking it. Or... I've seen it online. It's pretty simple. <laughs> but I'm not looking for, you know. No, no, I know. But I'm just saying people are going to. I can't. With no oversight, it. people are going to. Yeah, I can't help it. If my team. Now it's it's bad because I do it myself, too. Because if all of a sudden I got a dude in Ohio that is like. I, I send a question on teams. and I don't get a response right away. And that's on me because I'm like this mcdonald's response thing because everybody's you know home online i expect that they're sitting there waiting when i pop a question out yeah that i'm gonna be like i see the little uh three dots going and they're writing it yeah um all of a sudden i'm like fuck it mm-hmm. goes in my head and i'm like wait a second you know what he could be taking a shit too yeah make some eggs but if i let my mind go i'm like oh he's probably like playing video games or something and it's like totally not the dude yeah so i gotta yeah watch that too I mean, but you can tell at the end of a few weeks, the end of a month, like how pro- product productive someone is, right? Like you, you yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, we have our goals. That's yeah. my responsibility to set the goals of what needs to be accomplished, and then, yeah, my team uh, follows through. So, but that's on me. We should probably get into the actual meat of this podcast since we're probably like twenty five minutes in. We do this. Oh yeah, twenty four minutes. We've done this the last three episodes where we talk too much shit before the episode and we got to rush through the actual meat Why is of there the so podcast. Much, uh, current so much events. shit to talk about. I don't know. Probably because we're finding good. We're finding good sources. Yeah, on the uh, on the upside though, I mean, you know, we're at the CrossFit Games. Yeah, what's going on this week? And so and- I have to I have to apologize to the audience. I talk a lot of shit about CrossFit because it is a cult. I'll admit that. Depends um, on who. But what a great community. What a great community. Like when you see that last girl who was carrying that bag up the steps at the Capitol and you see the whole audience like oh, rally yeah. behind her because she was having such a hard time. And dude, that's you. You don't see that in in a lot of sports. No. Yeah, there's uh no support for somebody as the last place that girl that was carrying the bag last this morning was uh pushing the sled or the tank no it was actually a sled so they had six kettlebells in there at the end after doing basically all these cold cleaning jerks or whatever the kettlebell and uh she was last again but she's it's her first year she's young and she's a you know smaller body frame and uh but they did the same the athletes came around her and walked her to the finish line yeah so and even everybody that goes to these events are nice, right? Like they were all cool people. They get out of your way. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Hey, right behind you. You know, it's just, it's a good group of people. So even though you're all culty as fuck, I'll <laughs> give it to you. You're, you're nice people. Well, here's the thing is I always tell people is like, you know what? I hate the cult side of it because it is, but the cult side of it comes from the people that are using it as their identity. But there's uh, like we just talked a little bit about this morning. You know, my son was really getting into it, you know, follows a a couple of uh, the gals that, you know, I follow now because they're really authentic people. You know, they're not the gear like we talked about that one gal, uh, Danny Spiegel. We ever get her on here. I think she's got an amazing story because she was even on like the Titan Games on NBC and she won that. But she has an amazing life story. But she's the one that I told you about is like. You know what? She gets on there. She's authentic. She's herself. She likes having the, the eyelashes and the makeup on, which, you know, she's super cute. And um, uh, she dates one of the old retired, I think Alex Smith, one of the uh, old uh, CrossFitters. But she talks about just, you know what? I'm just here to be authentic. I'm not here to be all about CrossFit and post the CrossFit standards. You know, I'm going to talk about crumble cookies and and I like my, you know, eyelashes on, you know, the way they are, because it's just I like to smile and I have fun while I do it. And she's on there. She doesn't need to be the gear person with all the top brand name gear. You know, I mean, I have iPod belts or two pood belts on iPod and uh, everybody, all the other athletes are. And here she is last night smoking the competition in this uh, this basically this bag. You basically got to 
clean it and throw it up on your shoulder to get qualified. And she put 240 pounds. I mean, she worked at the last ones, but leading up to that, she was just like smoking the competition. And you look and, you know, she's got this, uh, this belt you can buy from Amazon, right? I think it's the E brand, the big E on it. And, uh, and she doesn't care what shoe she wears or whatnot. She's just there. Guess what? She's good at it. This is what she's doing right now. And that's how she talks. And if CrossFit doesn't work for her, it's the next thing, but it doesn't, her identity is with her. She's authentic. She doesn't need to run around and tell everybody she's, you know, I'm a CrossFitter and that's the only way to do things. You know, she says she tries a lot of things. That's, you know, I think that's what draws people is how authentic you are. I bet she's mastered the subtle art of not giving a fuck. I know. Right? Yeah, I know. That's like, a, that's a huge nugget. There's a, that's, and that's, that's kind of the meat of this podcast is Mark Manson's book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And I'm, I think I've said it actually. I know I've said it on this podcast probably 20 episodes ago, but this book has been out for a long time and I just, di- I just didn't read it. I didn't. I was like, I thought it was gimmicky. Right. Like in a way it is, it, it is, it, but it's gimmicky in a good way. Yeah. But I read the title and I'm just like, oh, this guy's just trying to be, you know, outrageous just to get people to buy his book. Yeah. When you, you know? look at Mark Manson, you don't look at a person who's going to write a book like this. Yeah. But I think you've, you, I mean, the book is full of nuggets, a yeah. ton of it, but he's learned to take it into a brand. And now that's basically, you know, everything he puts I mean, out there is about it really after going back through this book and I read this book a while ago and then I went back through it for this podcast and after going back through this book I mean it really is a modern day application of Buddhism of a lot of things yeah I mean really a lot a lot of it are all like modern day application of Buddhist tendencies like you know like the first or you can say he's a white Confucius but oh that's fair all right um you know the first the first point right shit happens life isn't fair you'll struggle there'll be problems and it's okay it's normal i mean and that's that right there is like the buddhist idea of suffering is inevitable and i use this i use this example with my nine-year-old and i'm gonna i'm gonna church it up for you a little bit and and pretty it up because she's nine so i had to dumb it down for her to a little bit of a level but like you're walking through your house right and you stub your toe on this chair and you got two options Option A, right, is like you let the stub chair piss you off. You blame the chair. You blame the idiot who put it there. It was probably you. You blame the fucking craftsman for building the damn thing way too sturdy. The stub, you know, the stub toe is going to change your emotions. It's going to dye your emotions negatively for like the next hours, right? Yeah. And then your wife says something and you're pissed off and everybody needs to know you're pissed off. So you're an asshole to her. And then she's pissed off at you. And then your kid comes and he's like, can you help me with this project? And you notice that he started all wrong. So you throw the fucking thing in the garbage because you're pissed off and he needs to restart it. Right. And so now you got a kid who doesn't like you, you got a sore toe and you got a wife who wants to slap you in your mouth or option B is you stubbed your toe, right? You got a sore toe. You realize that nothing else you do is going to change that sore toe. It's going to be sore no matter what. And then you move on with your day. Move on. Yeah. Right. And that's like, that is the shit happens. Life isn't fair mentality. You can either have a, a stub toe, a pissed off wife and a kid who doesn't love you anymore, or B just a stub toe. Yeah. It's how you choose to react is where the actual action comes in. I mean, most of it is like that. It's, it's so much what people would call common sense is throughout the whole book. But the thing is, is people don't do it. I mean, how many people do you know that, you know, one small thing happens and boom, the rest of their day, everything sucks. It's a, it's an action, right? Like it's, or it's a, it's a, it's an effort. It's an effort that you have to put in. You have to be and it. It's just like everything else we talk about mindfulness and everything else. It's a workout. It's a bicep curl. Yeah. It's allowing these things to come, seeing them, seeing them for what they are and letting them fade away. Yeah. Your toes going to hurt for a few days, no matter what. Yeah. So you're basically covering the, uh, what, one, two, three subtleties. I mean, kind of, and then I'm not giving a fuck about being indifferent and you're comfortable with being different. Don't say fuck it and everything in life just to the unimportant thing. Yeah. And that's the choosing, right. Choosing what to give a fuck about. That's his big, that's his big, big one that comes in there is like, if you give all your fucks to everything, you're never going to have any energy left. Yeah. 
But if you pick and choose the few things that are really important for your values and your goals, then you have all of the energy to put into those two things and the rest of it, you let go. Yeah. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah. And then go back to your stubbing your toe thing is, is subtly too, is, you know, not give a fuck about adversity. And I think we talk about that quite a bit. I think it sums it up real good here is, yeah, you to not give a fuck about adversity. You must first care about something more important than adversity. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, athletes like we just saw at the games. Guess what? Uh, I tell my son all the time, cause he's starting tackle football next week is guess what? You're going to hurt. You just realize that you're going to hurt. You're going to hurt most of the season. You're going to hurt coming out of practice. You're going to get dinged up, bruised. And I see a lot of kids now, the minute that they get bumped or knocked down, what happens? All of a sudden, the parent runs out there and thinks that it's like the end of the world. And, oh, are you okay? It's like, you know what? You're going to get bruised up. You're going to get dinged up. But you just got to move past it. This is the goal is you're, you're there to play the game. And same thing with life is that's what some of these little things like stubbing your toe. It's just nothing. You should just become like a person that, you know, it's, you know, when we train, I mean, in the military, when you train and train, you don't mind being sandy. You don't mind, guess what? You're going to get cut. And a lot of what I live life right now and my kids, you know, always brought up like, dad, sometimes I'm like bleeding and I don't even know why I'm bleeding. Or like, you know, you're working on the truck, right? All of a sudden you go in the house and all of a sudden there's like blood all over. And you're like, what the hell happened? Yeah, no idea. But these little, you get past these little, tiny things that are just irrelevant unimportant you're not going to die you're not bleeding out you didn't cut off more artery or anything right but you got the job done you know you had a goal you got it done and it didn't matter you're just gonna guess what wash it off put a band-aid if you really need it yeah you're gonna clean it yeah right like the thing is is getting getting bent out of shape about about anything like that you you can only to stick with the theme of the book you can only give a fuck to the point that you have an effect on the problem, right? So like, let's say you cut yourself and it's even, it's a you know, moderately bad cut. You can't give so much of a fuck about that, that it changes your attitude. It changes what you're going to get done for the day. You give just enough where you're like, okay, well, I should probably clean all of the dirt fragments and bacteria out of that so that it doesn't, you know, become festered. You clean it out, you wrap it up, you move on. Like that is giving a fuck to the point, literally only that you have the ability to affect the problem. Yeah. Yeah. And here's a, a good thing I like to tell people that always talk about, well, I want to be like special forces minded or something. I'm like, okay, well use the example of uh, body armor. Okay. What, what kind of life do you live? Do you live a life where you need a, a full body suit full of armor? <laughs> I love this. <laughs> or do you, put on your, you know, body armor to protect your center mass. I mean, the only thing that I ever think about is like that I would put extra on there because, you know, dude, I, I had a buddy that, you know, fucking got shot in the testicles. Right. And if you ever seen, I think we talked about it once. I don't think so. Oh, really? Because your fucking nuts unroll like a fucking like. A, yeah, yeah, I'm sure that ho- like that tape. hose is probably long as hell. Yeah. So if they get shot in the nuts, you got to clog it up. But problem is you need to roll the fucking nuts back up and put them in there put pressure on it oh like you know everybody you thinks, stuff them back in like your intestines thinks, yeah, you like gotta, your intestines you, yeah it's not a couple of fucking tomatoes hanging off a branch right yeah, yeah. it literally unravels yeah if, if your nuts get a hole blown through them right yeah so you gotta roll that little chestnut back up stick it back in there and all the wiring and everything <laughs> and get it in there and plug that otherwise yeah guess what you're gonna fucking you're gonna collect blood in there yeah so yeah sorry for the so like a little, like, view, like in the middle of your plate carrier, just a little steel dangly thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's why. Dangles down. The things I think about is like, should I come up with the uh, the, uh, the bulletproof the, nut cup? Yeah, I'm like, and how would that work? How comfortable would that be? Dude, so like, cups are awful. Any sport that you ever have to play with cups, you're like, oh my god, yes, I know I need it, but this thing sucks. The massive chafing. I'm like, yeah. What if you just have a Kevlar? thing because you know you want to protect that because a lot of times guys get shot in the lower extremities and the first thing they'll ask is uh hey is everything still there and it's just like yeah the last thing you want is part of your dick shot off your yeah, nut shot yeah off. no sorry for that view folks oh yeah just but you got to live life okay going back to that bo- i love the body armor example is is you're worried about your your center mass 
Okay. And obviously, you know, there's going to be some risk of, you know, your femoral artery is, you know, exposed or whatnot. But you have to understand that your body can take a bullet. Guess what? If you're going to get a, a bullet through the tricep, you're going to make it. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And you have to learn that, you know what, there's tourniquets if you're bleeding out and there's stop bleed. And you there you have a toolkit to take care of that. But you cannot let that stop you. So if you get something that pierces your quad, and as long as you're not bleeding out, you're not hitting an artery, guess what? You're going to be okay. You got to keep moving forward. And it's going to hurt, but your quad's still going to work. Yeah. So learn, just like you said, is guess what? If you need to apply something, you stop and apply something. That's why in the Navy, they teach you to be a corpsman first thing. Because guess what? If you're in a firefight, you're going to be, you got to take care of yourself first. It's that whole thing we go back to talking about when you're in an airplane. You got to take first, you got to make sure that you're breathing before you start applying that breathing apparatus to everyone else. What do they call that thing officially in an airport? I don't fucking remember. Oxygen mask. Oh, oxygen mask. Okay. Yeah. You're all out of mask. the sky yeah. and make sure you strap it to yourself first. You remember about on a plane when, when those just dropped down? No. Oh, we were on a plane one time and the whole, they all just dropped down. Everybody in the, pl- in the plane freaked the fuck out. Were you airborne? No, we were just sitting there wait, like waiting to take off. And as something happened, a, a flip switch got flipped. Or and also those dangly the, things just popped all of down. Them just popped down. It was like, ah, like the whole airplane. <gasps> While they're on the ground. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny. Oh, it'd be funny to see. So how about this? Take it further. Not only that suffering is inevitable, but that suffering is essential for growth. Yeah. Suffering is nature's preferred agent for inspiring change. I have this I have this written down in my notes. Every parent should have to have this painfully tattooed around their nipples so that they never forget it, like little promise rings around your nipple. Yep, suffering that you view as manageable, inevitable, or challenging is what causes growth, while suffering that you feel victim to causes mental illness. Yeah, that all makes sense except the tattoo around your nipples. I was just thinking of those little you ever seen those nipple rings where it's like a like a flower ring around your nipple? I was just I don't know why. No. I was trying to think of the most painful place to get tattooed. I've seen barbells. Yeah. The barbell. Well, yeah, though, everybody's seen that. No, I was trying to think of the most <laughs> painful place to get tattooed where you would like never forget this mean because nipple. we are so worried about making our world comfortable or like Rogan calls it nerfing the world for our kids. That they never go through suffering and they don't grow. That's why the emotional intelligence of a 25-year-old today is equal to the emotional intelligence of like a 15-year-old 20 years ago. Because we nerf everything for them to the point that they never go through adversity. They never had a chance to overcome adversity and they never grow. Yeah. Yeah. And add to that, it's uh, I see a lot of parents nowadays uh, Doing the same thing to the kids that they do is is what we just talked about with CrossFit is they're trying to create their kids' identity by making them identify with something instead of taking a little bit from everything. So if they find their kids good at one thing, it's like, oh, okay, latch on to it. And all of a sudden, everything in life becomes about that, right? Especially like these uh, kids' sports. So a kid becomes a good... Uh, I don't know what you call it, baseball player. Yeah. Because there's like all these baseball clubs now that start oh my when God. they're like well, freaking two years old. Oh, it's hilarious. All the sports clubs, once they figure out they can monetize, you know, once they figure out they can rip off a parent's wallet, they're like, yeah, we're starting a club for that. Yeah. But look at the mentality of the parents is like, oh, well, if I spend all this money and get my kid involved when he's two years old, what happens? They think their kid's going to turn pro, right? A hundred percent. Then all of a sudden, when, by the time they get to high school, it's like, well just spent like how many thousands of dollars traveling all over the place and you know paid this organization to realize that hey my kid's just like every other kid except i just almost burned him out by well what if he is great at it and you fucking made him hate the sport yeah that's like, the other I, thing i know the guy that runs the golf course in our town his dad pushed him so fucking hard he hates golf hates it he runs a golf course hates it he doesn't play golf at all and he'll still go out and make pro shots that will embarrass you in his fucking leather jacket and jeans he was oh. great. He could have been a he could have been a PGA pro, but he was pushed to the point that he got burned out and but hated yeah, the sport. The parents yeah, make their whole life like that, seven days a week, and it's like, and it's it's no different than this. You know, when you're calling CrossFit a call, right? It's you know, all of a sudden golf becomes a call. 
um yeah you got to be able to take something from everything and balance your life out and that goes back to yeah being squared away you know a lot of this book ties to a lot of what we talk about all the so the reason that i know that we are on the right path is so many different angles end up at the same idea right so many different paths that all these different authors and all these different gurus and all these different performance improvement and all these different people they all have their own path and then we all end up in this same place where it's like five or 10 things that really really need to be focused on and the rest of it is shit that's how i know we're on the right path because yeah. we're ending at the same place as they are yeah and it goes back to you know our first episode the definition of being squared away is those are four pillars so if you look at any of the old ancient greek um uh, architectural styles pillars are important right so the four pillars of every human being because human beings nowadays like to be unique dressing up as furry animals and pretending that they're one of 99 different sexes i have no genders not sexes sorry not an interchangeable word fucko sorry genders there you go but but every breathing intelligent now that we're talking about aliens intelligent species has four pillars i mean you're spiritual emotional physical and uh, mental and all of that needs to be fortified or worked or going through adversity to build stronger right because if you don't that it's just gonna start atrophying so all the books all the guests that we talk about the subjects that we pick other than the ones that you know we just like to fuck off about it's uh there to fortify those four pillars to make them stronger and that's across the board for everybody and that's uh you know i told you last week i ran and i was at the grocery store and down the aisle and you know a guy was telling me yeah i started listening to your podcast and it's what people need to hear and to me it's like yeah it's what people need to hear because you know from my perspective on in the military side you have to be you have to be there's not an option to be squared away when you get deployed because when you get deployed it's life and death not your life and death. It's life and death for the people that are around you. You train to protect them. But ultimately, you do that. They're watching your back also. Well, that's how you should go through life. But civilians a lot of times don't understand that because guess what? We have an op- We have all kinds of options. We have options to dress up as furry animals and do stupid things because there's no risk of life or death. But the problem is when it gets right down to it, it's all about the four pillars every human being and guess what your quality of life is based on how you fortify those four pillars because you know you tell me that a person that you know let's go back to the the fat shaming that's going on right now you know they're trying to apply the you know not giving a fuck if i'm you know 400 pounds overweight and you know but what's your quality of life what's your longevity you know you're not able to do a lot of things because you're 400 pounds you're able to enjoy the the Twinkies you're shoving down your throat, but that's temporary. What about the the long term? You know, there's no delayed gratification anymore. So, so that's the importance of why we do the podcast, and that's why. Guess what? Almost all of your self help books tie into fortifying those four pillars. I can't even think about how imperative it is for people to understand that the art of not giving a fuck doesn't have to do with not actually giving a fuck. It has to do with only giving a fuck about things that align with your values and your goals and your needs. And that brings me to this idea of the backwards law. And I'm just going to read it because it's, he describes it way better than I ever could. Um, it is, it's, it's a total mind fuck. But wanting positive experience is a negative experience. And accepting negative experience is a positive experience. Right? Does that... Well, the, accepting the, the negative wanting, experience. The wanting of positiveness is negative because when you want something, you realize you oh, don't yeah. have it. Yep. So wanting positive experience is negative. But then accepting a negative experience 
is positive because you're accepting that it happened and you can move on. Right. And it's and it's what Alan Watts refers to as the backwards law. The idea that the more you pursue feeling better all the time, the less satisfied you become because you're pursuing feeling better. You realize that you don't feel better if you just didn't give a fuck and realize that right now how I feel is how I feel. And I'm going to try to move in this direction. Then you all of a sudden become positive as pursuing something only reinforces the fact that you lack it in the first place. The more you desperately want to be rich, the more poor and unworthy you feel, regardless of how much money you make. The more you desperately want to feel sexy and desired, the uglier you come to see yourself, regardless of your actual physical experience. The more you desperately want to feel happy and loved, the lonelier and more afraid you become, regardless of who's around you. The more you want to be spiritually enlightened, the more self-centered and shallow you become trying to get there. And that's this idea that like releasing letting go and realizing that where I'm at right now is where I'm at right now. No matter what I'm going through, am I going through a really shitty divorce? Am I going through a job loss? Am I going through troubles with my kids, troubles at work, whatever I'm going through? Like that's where I am at right now. I need to let go, realize where I'm at, think about where I want to be, and then start putting an effort in that direction. Yeah. Not letting myself get completely caught up in where I am. Yeah. Yeah. And that's best summarized. I mean, you know, the art of, it could be titled a book, the art of giving a fuck about what's important. Yes. And, um, you know, on the operation side, I don't know if we talk about this, but there, there is the process of value stream mapping. So in a business, um, whenever we find out there's a problem with something, the two questions we ask is, is not who to blame. Because that's the worst thing that happens in every business. So if you if you work for a company that the minute something's wrong, the leadership starts looking for who to blame. Guess what? Your leaders aren't leaders. Okay, so they're they're just a bunch of scumbags. So sorry, that's the only way I can. You no, know, hundred percent. So the when something goes wrong, whether you're in a business or outside of business, you one look is there a process? And if there is a process, guess what? There's a flaw in that process, so you need to reevaluate it. And then two, if there is a process, what was the training? Are there, is everybody, has everybody been communicated to about that process and everybody been trained? And in a business, you sign off on it. So you have a documented process, you sign off on it. And if you find out that the process is broken, it's a thing called the value stream mapping where you get a huge pack of post-it notes, you know, multiple colors if you want. And we've sat in boardrooms for like, three days with all the leadership and people that even work in, in the operation. So when you're doing this at home, this is like you sitting in a room and not able to sleep at night because you have a lot of problems in your life or you think you have a lot of problems in your life. And what value stream mapping means in Japanese, that's where it originated from was under the Toyota, the lean principles is look at everything that you do on the day everything that you value in a day and really evaluate it to true value, you know, a return on your life or a return to the business. And if it's about how you wake up in the morning, put a post-it note for everything that you do, even when you take a shit, how long you take a shit per day and then start quantifying all these steps. So you could take a day and you could post a note every single task that you do every single day and you can quantify that as well. And you can start taking out what's called the non-value items. Like, why do I do that? Do I really need to do that? Did that contribute or help me in any way? And take it out. And then start inserting stuff like, wow, you know what? Um, I don't read at all. You know, I've talked to some adults that past weekend. It's like, you know, I don't read because we had a library uh, reading pool party for this program that, that kids go through. And then last night was the big shebang where you got the parents bringing all the kids to the city pool and then when you talk to a lot of them or even some of these kids i had a kid behind me that the parents didn't even show up with the kid they just dumped the kid off this kid's like one of these super social little chubby dudes and he's just like yeah it's kind of weird my parents just dropped me off here and blah 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 blah, and they don't even read and you know and i read and that's how i got here i'm like okay i got the play-by-play yep but even talking to some of the other parents, like, man, yeah, you know, that's kind of sad because we don't read anymore. But 
when you value stream map, you can go, well, maybe I should insert 15 minutes a day here at the beginning of the day where I can read. Well, pretty soon on, on this wall, it's not going to take your uh, drywall off. You have your whole day listed and you just inserted, wow, you know what? I can take this 50 minutes of doom scrolling and replace that with 30 minutes of exercise. And pretty soon you laid out a whole day where it's like, wow, I actually have a 80% productive day and I can fuck off for 20, you know, 20 minutes or 20% of the day. Um, that's a process that, yeah, everybody should go through if you cannot self-evaluate very well and you need to have visual. And I think a lot of people need that. Like I, I bet that a good portion of our population would be almost embarrassed to look at what that wall looked like after just a day of recording. Shit. Yeah. And then look at what you eat at that. What? Okay. Or split it into four tier or four lanes. You know, this is what you do physically during every day. This is what you do spiritually, mentally. If you got one that has nothing on it, shit, guess what? You're basically that building with only three pillars on it. What happens? Crumbling, man. Yeah. See if we need to get any more. You're not special. No one's God loves you more. You have problems, you have strengths, just like everyone else on the planet. Your strengths don't make you any better, and your problems don't make you a victim. I like that one, because we, we all have this tendency to kind of think of ourselves as this special, this special being. This, you know, right? It's our, it's our main story. We're the main character in our story, and everybody else is just supporting characters. And We have a, we have a tendency to do that. It's like, just to become a little bit more humble about that, yeah. and realize that we're all you know, we all have a gift to give and we all have a fucking problem. You know, are we, are we giving our gift and are we dealing with our problem? Yeah. But that goes back to entitlement, right? Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I like this one where it's, uh, you know, I think I sent you the uh, meme last week. It's, but this one's defined in the book as pleasure is a false God, right? Research shows that people who focus their energy on superficial pleasures end up more anxious, emotionally unstable, and more depressed. Pleasure is the most superficial form of life satisfaction, therefore the easiest to obtain and easiest to lose. It's temporary. I agree 100%, but I also know that trying to hold a mirror up and show someone that, they're first and foremost going to explain away their pleasure, right? Like, I'm not, I don't, I'm not searching for, I'm not searching for, you know, sex because i need the gratification i'm searching for sex because it feels good i'm not searching for i'm not searching for expensive cars because i need to look cool in front of my friends i just like cool cars right it's like well a is b right a is b like the, the reason that they are cool is because of how they make you look yeah the reason that it does, you know, feel good is because it gives you that gratification and makes you feel better about yourself. You know, it's like it's A and B are intertwined with one comes the other. Yeah. And going back to the value stream mapping is how much of that takes up your life on a daily basis. How much of your finances, you know, are you extruding out to create the superficial life? You know, like going back to like the vehicle that we drive, right? How much importance and value we place on that financially, emotionally, because, you know, guys do that. We identify with the vehicles that we drive sometimes, but we're up. Some people are just obsessed with it, but guess what? It's just, it's, it's going to, it's going to perish. I mean, one accident, boom, total, it's gone. So this would be a really cool thing when we get to a, um, when we get to a level of virtual reality where you are able to experience things in a virtual reality world that you don't necessarily, um, you don't know the difference, right? Because if the memory is the same, no matter what, whether you actually experience it or not, like if I took the memory of a vacation and put it in your head, or you actually went on the vacation and have the memory, once you're done with it, they're the same thing. Yeah. Right. So the minute that you can have all the cars you want in the world, because it's all virtual reality, right? And the feeling is indistinguishable. It's just a dopamine fix. Right? Yeah. Then all of a sudden, then you get past. You realize that that didn't fill the void that you're trying to fill. 
but you have people that live their entire lives trying to fill that void thinking it's going to give them oh. something so what you're saying is when you're able to do it virtually it's going to satisfy that it's not i'm saying it's i'm saying it is not going to satisfy that you are and then you're going to have to come to the reality a lot quicker or i think a lot of people never come to that reality what do you mean they'll still chase it after i think no no no. so i'm saying if we did right now today without this virtual reality program a virtual reality ability i think let's use cars for an example right you know wanting to own a lamborghini and a ferrari and a porsche right a lot of people w- want that and they're never going to achieve it so they're always going to have this thought inside their head and inside their heart that that would give them pleasure that that would make them happy having the big house and the lamborghini that would give them that would make them happy that would make them fulfilled right but they need an audience so but what i'm saying is is the minute that you're able to experience that in a virtual reality world and you realize that it doesn't do what you thought it was going to do you're going to have to come to grips with the reality that there's something else that you are searching for, not the car, not the house, not the brand, not the sex, not the food. There's something else that you're searching for. Whereas right now, I think because there is always that urge, always that drive to search for. And there's a lot of people that never get to that. They don't get to that point. Whereas like, right, like somebody like Joe Rogan, who now can buy whatever he wants, he'll tell you, like, I wish everyone could get to this point to realize it doesn't change you. It yeah. doesn't change your happiness. It doesn't change who you are. It doesn't change the pain that you feel. It doesn't fa- It doesn't change your f- level of fulfillment. Yeah. But without being able to just go out and buy whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. But I don't think that virtual is going to do that because people that people that uh, derive their pleasure, let's say in ownership, like uh, vehicles. Let's go back to vehicles again. So somebody gets always wants a Lamborghini, right? And they finally get a Lamborghini. What do they do? They need an audience. But the audience is all the people that they know. But they don't admit that they need an audience. They don't see it in their head. That's what I'm saying. This is going to show them in their head that it's not the actual owning and driving of the car. Right. It's the it's the other thing that they're searching for. It's the self confidence or self-esteem that comes from people yeah. thinking you're cool because you have a Lamborghini. That's yeah. what you're searching for. Or people that say, oh, he's he's made it. But guess what? Other people really don't care. They really don't. But it's what we think. It's like, oh, it creates it creates this it's it's like social media. It's creating this false facade to people that, you know, hey, I've made it or I'm wealthy or whatnot. It's like, no. It's got like uh, the dude up the street that we just talked about <laughs> buys, you know, brand new charger and, you know, got the smoked out, you know, Durango. It's it's just a facade. And it doesn't make anybody, you know, any more than anything else. I had a buddy text me the other day. He was at the Road America watching the races. And he's like, uh, hey, you know, you can live in a car, but you can't race a house. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, that's fair point. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's a fair point. But people do it with houses here too. Yeah, like I know people's like, hey, I uh, got this. You know, I had a buddy of mine who struggled because his his wife kept wanting a big house, and guess what? They have one child. I'm like, why do you need a you know a massive you know thirty five hundred square foot house with a massive yard? It's just to impress people. Yeah, you and your wife and your kids. Oh well, you know we like to host. How many parties have you hosted? But when you like to host, why do you like to host? I mean, I had this buddy that I don't keep in contact with much because every time it was always, everything had to be at their place. Everything that they purchased or this new project was done, all of a sudden there was a, a cookout. And the cookout just consisted of looking at it. Everybody is taking a tour, looking at the project that was you know completed. So, and, and it got to the point where now they're like, nobody goes to their place anymore. And they're like, yeah. I don't know. We just, we don't have many friends anymore. I'm like, do you ever figure out why? You know, authenticity, authenticity is intoxicating. Yeah. That's what we talked about this morning. Yeah. um, You know, I woke up, uh, went through uh, my devotions and all that. And I just happened to doom scroll because my kid's still sleeping. And I'm like, you know what? Sunday morning, I'm just going to, you know, chill out in bed a little bit. And so I doom scrolled a little bit and it's just, 
I looked at the people that I follow and it's kind of like we talked about CrossFit thing and the people that I follow, whether it's CrossFit or even baseball, football, or just, you know, YouTube celebrities that are health doctors. Cause uh, I had this question. One of my buddies is like, well, I'd like to start a YouTube thing and this guy's knowledgeable, but like, but what would I do? That's just completely different from anyone else. I'm like, a lot of times you don't really have to, a lot of times just being authentic. Somebody will look at the same subject and look for the person that's more authentic over the one that's just, you know, trying to get hits. Man, that's all you see is like the people that I've like discarded. I don't want to follow 9 million people. People I've discarded are the ones it's like they're trying too hard to make this facade about, you know, they want to be a YouTube or Instagram star. And the ones mm-hmm. I follow like this, uh, this Danny Spiegel is just authentic. You like seeing authentic posts. You know, I don't want to see the, you know, I, yeah, you can do a million burpees. Sure. But you can do a million burpees and then go to crumble cookies and, you know, love this flavor of the day. I'm like, oh, that's cool. It gives you a little heartwarming feeling. It's like, yeah, I'll like that versus, uh, yeah. And you like cookies. Crunchy. Crunchy cookies. One thing, yeah, with crumble cookies. They're too soft for you. I love your flavors. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. They're a little. That's yeah. all right. Whatever. Everybody's got their own thing. Yeah. Last point since we're at an hour. <laughs> you're going to die. You're gonna, oh, yeah, the death. Yep. You're going to die. Mark Twain once said famously, the fear of death follows the fear of life. The man who is fully prepared to die at any time fully lives. Right? Or the man who lives fully is prepared to die at any time. You're just You're going to die. Could yeah. be tomorrow. It could be in 10 years. Could be in 30 years. It's going to happen. You can't ignore it. Right? Yeah. Yeah, And a lot of us don't realize that until the later years. Yeah. Because we're so busy trying to make a, you know, put a stake in the ground. And I realize that, I mean, at 50 years old, it's like, man, I spent, you know, a couple decades trying to put a stake in the ground. You know, sometimes unknowingly, but mentally it's just like, doing a lot of stuff that I look back now, I'm like, man, why did I waste so much of the, you know, so many years chasing after stuff that was just useless. I get more out of helping people more out of a, out of like a quick fucking message. Like you're you're like the guy that you met at the grocery store, right? Yeah. Then out of any money I've ever made from any of my side hustles. I mean, I, my photo booth, I probably made, you know, close, probably into the six figures total for what I pulled in with that thing. And fuck, two comments about how you really help somebody. I get more out of that than that. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that's a wrap. You got anything else you want to add? No, I'm, I'm drinking this P10. P10. Yeah, you're going to be all caffeinated for the day. You're going to be jacked up. I don't think this, this is the, uh, Oh, that's the uncaffeinated one? Yeah, it's got sucralose in it, so stuff's pretty cool if, uh, yeah, you come up with a better sweetener, I guess. Yeah. I, like, I try to stick with the stevia, but I also don't run away from shit just because it's got sucralose in it. Hey, 90% healthy. That's right. <laughs> All right, that's right. wrap.